So, what's your favourite two-note soundtrack? It's got to be Jaws. Yeah. What's it's... your second favourite two-note soundtrack? <laughs> the Batman. Yes. I can't think of any. It's of like it's like uh, asking a Queen fan what their second favourite song about cycling is. <laughs> <laughs> In 1999, a slightly disturbing young man declared that we are soldiers of hell. We are neither soldiers nor from hell, but like obedient little sleeper agents, we have gradually recruited people from popular culture to create a military force to be reckoned with. Each episode, we'll be nominating someone new to join our ranks. Right, so here we are again in the in the outdoors, um, recording a podcast once again. Actually, second time now that we've done this at this location. Yeah. Because uh, you join us at Rother Valley Country Park. Beautiful day. Lovely. Quite opposite temperature. Well, not opposite temperature-wise. It's different. It was freezing last time. It was November. Yeah. Uh, now it's temperate. I think is. <laughs> The best it's, description. We've added another element. Uh, we like we like to keep it sort of interesting, and we've added the hazard of a Labrador who's so desperate to get in the water slash eat a goose slash have a slash that uh, we might get pulled over at any moment. Yeah. The so given that he's desperate to either eat some waterfowl or go in the water. We've picked a lakeside walk. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just discussing, um, before we started recording, The Batman. Yes. I don't think we've discussed it pro- professionally. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't, haven't been paid to talk about the film so, yet. So we're going to do that now, because we've, I think we've unpacked a little bit of our feelings about it, but we haven't really done a, a deep dive, so... Oh. And we might end up doing a deep dive into the lake if I take my the dog gets his way. Yeah. So first off, straight off the bat, I loved it. Straight off the bat, man, I loved it too. I think, and this is feels like stealing your words. I feel like it is the closest representation of my favourite version of Batman from the comics, the sort of long Halloween, dark victory, style Batman. Yeah. Definitely the detective put on screen, isn't it? Absolutely. With the mood and the tone and the everything. I thought Robert Pattinson was actually very good as Batman. Yes. Criticism the, of his Bruce Wayne, but that's because he's not really... The, yeah, the jury's still out on that because there's not much really of him being Bruce Wayne no. in the film. And I suppose this links into what we were saying about the different types of when you say batman well which batman are you talking about are you talking about the adam west style kapow zap crazy carnival villains are you talking about detective are you talking about the action batman that's more aligned with justice league and fighting bigger threats i'm talking about emo that's what i'm talking about yeah emo batman battinson is that have we officially named this Batman? Because obviously we had Batfleck. The obvious one is Battinson. Well, we've been calling him that for a while. I think that's what everyone else calls him. I think. I mean, most people would take the lead from us. Yeah. I imagine certainly the dog would. <laughs> I don't think he's leading us at the minute. <laughs> this is, uh... So, yeah, I loved it. I loved the tone. I loved. I more than I loved the Batman in it actually. I loved the villains. Yeah. 
I think they struck a perfect balance between weird freakery and real world believability. Yeah, that's true. I liked I like the whole tone. I, I would almost call it a tone poem, the whole thing. It's like it's just it creates a mood for three hours. I didn't think it felt like a three hour film. No. I never once thought this is dragging on a bit. The pacing is excellent. Um, I had a conversation with someone recently where they said it was a really boring film. They said it's just three hours of Batman walks into a room, police officer says, hey, he shouldn't be here. Batman investigates crime and leaves. (laughs) And I think that's an oversimplification. I would say on that note, I've always worried about having Batman in a room with police officers because on screen I just thought that even though it works in the comics, I thought on the screen it would be weird. Like, it would just look like, just suddenly sort of take you out of it. But it actually felt authentic somehow. I think they've done a really good job with the costume. I think that goes a long way to making it feel natural. It doesn't feel the high-tech, bulletproof, um, you know, playboy tech of The Dark Knight. It definitely is bulletproof. It It gets shot so many times at point-blank range. It's ridiculous. Actually, (laughs) have you seen the pitch meeting for it? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If I had to criticise one bit of the film, it would be... And this is comes with a massive spoiler warning, by the way. He literally is undeterred by being repeatedly shot by machine guns at point-blank range, like you say, but is virtually crippled at the end by one shotgun blast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sort of, you know, I'd, I'm a big fan of consistency, but I lo- I, it didn't really matter that much, in all honesty. You've got to have some jeopardy. That scene where he walks down the corridor and... It's it's the lights are out. Yeah. The only yeah. thing illuminating it is the the, the, the bullet shots. Yeah. I mean, that's a stunningly shot scene. They didn't need to have him get hit as many times as he does. Almost, it it almost needs to be the fact that because they can't see him, they never hit him. Yes. That. Yeah. Have you have you played the you played the Arkham games, haven't you? Yeah. The, the crux of some big, some of the best sections of the Arkham Batman games are the bits where you swoop around the rafters, drop at random and take out the bad guys. Yeah. I don't think I've ever really properly seen that on, on screen. No. So it would, I think that would be a nice evolution that they could do. But the costume, sorry, to get back to that, was I love the way it looks like he's just raided the biker shed. Yeah. It's just these massive boots that he's clearly nicked from some, you know, off-road machine and it just it feels really grimy and the sound design is stunning. The first time he approaches that bunch of goons and you can't see him, you can just hear his boots on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I had to I've seen it twice at the cinema. The second time was IMAX and every boot clobber just throbbed. See, I'd, the first, oh, the only time I see, or I saw it on the the showcase, the big X Plus screen, 
which I think is marginally smaller than an IMAX. Yeah, their but version it, of it, isn't it? Yeah, and it's got the um, Dolby Atmos sound. And, yeah, it was just... And the, another thing that I never thought I'd say this was a real high point of a Batman film, the car chase, yeah. I thought was absolutely brilliant. Incredible. I've heard some people criticise <laughs> it, saying it, you can't tell what's happening because it's just... It's so dark and everything's moving about. I well, didn't that's what feel it would like be that. Like as well. Yeah. Um, I thought Paul Dano was so unbelievably creepy. Yeah. You know, he's he's nearly forty in real life. No way. I. He looks like he's a kid. There's something I don't know what he's done with the with with his um, role. Or with physicality, but there's just something. You look at him in that fall, you look at his face, you think, there's something that's just not quite right. And I don't know whether it's something simple like he's just shaved his eyebrows off and it just makes him look a little odd all the way through. Or yeah. There's just something, yeah, really creepy. Loved it. And his voice as well. The way he does that, sort of, when he does that, no. Yeah. It's really good. Really yeah. good. I'm looking forward to another one. And uh, what did you think of Colin Farrell? Well, you couldn't tell it was him for a start. <laughs> he's the only one who really hams it up, and but he's great as a result of it, I think. Yeah, and I think because he's playing a sort of proto-penguin, yeah, he's got to ham it up, yeah. because the penguin is such a... Well, they're all characters, aren't they, the Batman villains, but... You've got to make it that when he does take that step to being the penguin proper, that it doesn't think feel like, well, why has he done that? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did like the the summary in the pitch meeting when they say, well, what's Colin Farrell going to do? He's going to do this. Hey, yo, wee. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit in the film, I think, might be where he goes to punch Colin Farrell and he just goes, hey, take it easy, sweetheart. <laughs> It's really good. good. The the whole cast is excellent. I thought Jeffrey Wright as Gordon was brilliant. Yes, he is excellent in everything he does. And I thought Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman was probably the best interpretation of Catwoman we've seen yet. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in my heart and my nostalgia and my young-formed mind, Michelle Pfeiffer is the best Catwoman. Yeah. But if I sort of take those rose-coloured spectacles off, yeah, I think Zoe Kravitz is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, to the extent that it sort of makes um, Anne Hathaway a footnote in Catwoman history. Which is a shame, because it's a good film, Dark Knight Rises. I just think it gets a bad rep because of the other two are better. Yeah. Right, the dog is in the water. <laughs> Do you want me to, did he mean to hold on to your belt? <laughs> sort of. There is a, there's a, there's a definite danger that. He just needs to cool down. Yeah. I mean, it looks beautiful. I kind of want to go in myself, but. I haven't bought a spare pair of shreddies, as my old PE teacher would have said. <laughs> well, PE teacher 
style, surely, if you haven't got your shorts, you do it in your pants. <laughs> vest in pants. I haven't brought the vest. What am I going to do? I have to get the nips out. <laughs> yeah. Go on then, Franklin. Let's go. Good Good boy. We get a treat for that. A treat for that. Yeah. The dog's had a treat. The dog has been trained. I love, I think it's my favourite um, Batmobile. It's so cool. It's, I mean, the Batman 89 Batmobile is obviously that's, iconic. That's my favourite. Yes. But it's just, yeah, it is absolutely brilliant. And again, the bit in the car chase where it just comes flying through the explosion. That scene it, is ridiculous. And then when he when he actually gets out and you see it from Penguin's point of view upside absolutely down. Absolutely brilliant. The, the more I think about it, the more I think it is an absolutely amazing looking film. And I I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. To confirm what I I know in my head. The soundtrack is is amazing. And when I first heard the theme about a month before the film came out I, I thought how can they make this work all oh, it's just it's sort of generic Batman with like just this two note riff duh, 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 duh. how can they make that work for three hours and it basically does do yeah. that for three hours and, and it works you compare it to the Dark Knight because that's the benchmark of Batman films the Dark Knight series is asking the question, how could Batman exist in the real world? If you were going to do it, how could you do it? And, and what would these villains yeah. be like? And so that's how we end up with... Well, the explanation for the Batmobile is that he's a billionaire, he's got access to tech and military research. And yeah. The Batman goes to a great extent of properly constructing the comics Batman world and just showing us the best realised version of that. Yeah. And I think that's the key approach difference between the two. Going back to the soundtrack. So, what's your favourite two-note soundtrack? <laughs> it's, it's got to be Jaws. Yeah. What's it's, your second favourite two-note soundtrack? The Batman. Yeah. I can't think of any. It's like it's like uh, asking a Queen fan what their second favourite song about cycling is. <laughs> <laughs> What are you hoping for for the next The Batman? Uh, I'd like to see more of the Penguin. I don't think we should... I know they've teased the Joker, but I, I, I think he should be saved till the end of the trilogy. Oh, yes. I forget, yes, I was going to... I completely forgot about that aspect. So the next film for you needs to be the evolution of proto to proper Penguin. Yes, I think so. And That's the natural. Probably someone else, because what the film did really well is the rogues gallery kind of vibe of it. There's one main villain, but the others all exist. It's not just like a... a it's not like a conveyor belt where, and now it's your turn, and now it's your turn, you know. It's all going on. They're all interlinked. Yeah, I think... How did you feel about the end, the third act? So... I've read reviews that I probably tend to agree with that suggest that that was based on studio notes. They needed a big climax. It hadn't had your massive action sequence, so they put it in at the end. Yep. I think it's I think it's fine. I don't think it I don't think it goes anywhere that it shouldn't. I don't think it's 
silly. Um, I don't know about the teasing the, the joke a bit. I didn't need that. No. I th- as, as brilliant as I think Barry Keogh is, and actually, I didn't know he'd been cast as... I don't think they'd released, obviously, that he was cast as a Joker. But I think he will be an amazing Joker when he gets the chance to do it properly. And if it had just been woven a little bit better through the story, it wouldn't have felt quite as tagged on at the end. Yeah. But like you say, having said that, for what it is, it worked. When he um, finally crashes through the ceiling. It was a good action sequence. Which you kind of know is going to happen. But even then, it was still a punch-the-air moment. Yeah. I, uh, so let's, let's talk about the joke then. Have you seen the deleted scene? No. Right, so, do you know what it is? The Joker in it? Yeah, okay. so, Batman does a Silence of the Lambs-style visit to Arkham. Oh. To talk to the Joker to get his insight into who the Riddler is. Which suggests that he's already locked the Joker up and knows who he is. Yes. Right. And it's a good scene. It really is. And I just feel like it's a film too early. Okay. That interaction between Riddler and Joker at the end of the Batman felt a little it felt forced. Yeah. Having said that, it didn't in fact that's the only thing that really took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to where they go with it. Um I think the best, I'd, I would love to see what they do with the Scarecrow. Okay, do you think the Scarecrow will be in it? Yeah. I think if that style of film, you could do so, I mean they've made the Riddler, which is a fairly, usually a campy villain, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so to what they could do with the Scarecrow properly being terrifying. What would you do with his costume? Would you have him as like a straw man? Oh. I think I sort of had a sackcloth vibe in I think I would go for a, yeah a sort of variation on that sackcloth image again the Arkham scarecrow is terrifying he's got his fingers it's basically Freddy Krueger style glove yeah that's got his fear toxin as in, in syringes at the end of his fingers oh gosh with a sort of sackcloth with bits of which game is that in there that's in the first Arkham Asylum. I need to play that one. I played the second game. Yeah. It, yeah, the, the Scarecrow is really well realised. And I think that's... I think they could do a real good job with that. But yeah, more, more Penguin evolution. Save the joke until the last one in the trilogy. It's time for a rank. What shall we call this feature? The Soldiers of Hell rank off? Come rank with me? Strictly come ranking? Maybe just a load of rank. Who would you um, put in our Soldiers of Hell for this month then? Well, Batman's already in it. Um, How about Catwoman? I was thinking that, Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. She's certainly iconic, and this is probably, probably, possibly the best interpretation. I think the the thing with so I was saying to you, I don't think we captured this earlier. Like almost like the Dark Knight's still probably the best Batman movie. The Batman is probably the best rendering on screen of the character as we love him. Yep. And for me, Batman with Michael Keaton, Tim Burton 
is probably my all-time favourite just because of it being so iconic and it starting the ball rolling almost. Yeah. yeah. And, and therefore, I feel the same about the Catwoman. I think you can never eclipse and overlook Michelle Pfeiffer in that vacuum pack suit. It's just cinematic gold. It's visually it's stunning. But as a character, you're right, Zoe Kravitz runs away with it. Yeah. So it's, it's a similar thing that... Do you go with the one that did it first or the one that did it best? You go with Halle Berry every time. <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> Why did I forget Halle Berry? Yes. Yeah. No, for me, I'm going I'm to put it down. I think Michelle Pfeiffer, best-looking Catwoman. Zoe Kravitz, best Catwoman. Fine. Either way, the character is in. Take that. Soldiers of Hell is a Fosgate Studios production. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, comment, and share.